NFL Betting Lines, brought to you by Lock 4 Dub, the place to be to beat the bookies. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Lock 4 Dub, the place to be to beat the bookies. I am your host, Connor. Alongside me, Steve. Steve, how we doing, buddy? Hey, man. After a big week, uh, week three already, um, I'm excited to get to work this week. Uh, I know we did pretty darn well, so definitely excited to bring that kind of energy into this episode. Yeah, we hammered our bets last week. I went five for five, two teasers and three parlays, hit them all. Steve, you did fairly well too. Didn't you have a clean sweep on Sunday as well? No, I missed a couple one o'clock games. I think I ended six, two and one. Six, two and one. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, it was a, it was a good week for Lock for Dub. Anybody that tuned in definitely helped you guys out a little bit. All right, uh, getting to some week three updates here. Uh, I got a few things to touch on before we dive into these lines. Um, the Carolina Panthers trade for C.J. Henderson from Jacksonville after losing J.C. Horn to a broken foot. It was a first-round pick this year. He goes down to Carolina trying to keep that number one defense intact. Uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are both questionable to play against the Jets on Sunday. This just came out today, and that line's already moving because of the news. Uh, more cornerback news. Uh, Richard Sherman has signed a one-year, $2.5 million deal to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Buccaneers lose Jamel Dean in the second half of last week's game against the Rams. His status is questionable, and they already lost Sean Murphy Bunting, he's on IR. So, uh, Tampa Bay could use some help in the secondary, Steve. I want to get your take. How do you think that's going to mesh uh, Richard Sherman over there to uh, his arch nemesis, Tom Brady? I mean, they've kind of taken these shots on a couple older players, Antonio Brown and Gronk, and look how that's kind of panned out. Um, now, obviously, corner is going to be a little different. The older you get, obviously, with these young and uh, quicker receivers, it's going to be a little more difficult. But I do think that Todd Bowles will be able to scheme Sherman in just fine, and uh, I'm not I'm not sure you're going to get like the top five production we may be used to out of Sherman. But even if he's a top fifteen guy, that pass defense is uh, super weak, and we definitely saw Matt Stafford take advantage of that. We saw um, Dak Prescott do it as well, so definitely needed something. Man, and just having him in there too to show everybody, show the younger kids how to play because. At his time, I mean, he was the premier cornerback one in the NFL for numerous years, so he's got a lot of knowledge in that brain of his. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, another big signing. Josh Gordon signs to the practice squad of the Kansas City Chiefs, Steve. I know you're a big Cleveland Browns guy, so I want to get your take on this. Josh Gordon signing with the Chiefs. How's this going to work out? I just don't know how many opportunities we're going to give someone for the same issues. Uh, how many times can someone just keep making the same mistakes and then they get uh, kicked out the league and then they get re Like, I just, I don't understand it. I, I give this about six weeks and it'll be the same story. Yeah, but the uh, NFL's the going. NFL's not testing for uh, marijuana anymore. So wasn't that, wasn't that his main reason why he couldn't play football years back? I mean, I think that's like the main perception, but I think there's like a serious alcohol issue as well. Um, and you're not allowed to fail drug tests for alcohol. Um, and that's why he's been suspended before. So it's not just weed. 
once you're in their protocols, it's kind of hard to uh, get on good terms again, especially when you've been kicked out the league, what, four times now? Yeah, he has had a rough go of that. Um, some good news, Rashad Bateman's coming off of IR. He's questionable to play this week against the Broncos, and we could really use him, seeing how uh, Holly Bro- Hollywood Brown does not want to catch the football anymore. He dropped two touchdowns on Sunday against the Lions. Game was a lot closer than it should have been. Uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, tweaked his hammy, and we actually broke this last week on the podcast because we're watching the, the game live as we were recording. He'll be out for two-ish weeks. So in come Chuba Hubbard, see what he can do. Uh, Marlon Mack asked to be traded due to lack of volume, and they just signed him to a deal that the Colts did, but they really like using Naeem Himes. He was a third back for a while there, but he's been seeing a lot of looks now. So Marlon Mack's a good running back. I like him. I think he'll find work elsewhere. And to wrap everything all up, Justin Tucker nailed a 66-yarder last week. Sets an NFL record longest field goal, 66 yards, Steve. That was unreal. There's really nothing to be said about that. That was incredible to watch. Uh, yeah, definitely needed that kick to go through because uh, that was a big part of my, one of my parlays. So, or one of my teasers, I should say. So definitely needed that to happen. So God bless the greatest kicker of all time. Yeah, that helped out my bets, too. If he didn't make that kick, I don't go 5-0 and last week. I don't have a clean sweep. All right, uh, getting to some questions and comments before we head to these lines. I have a uh, question slash comment from John Evangel- Evangelisto Third. He says, the AFC North boys, Steelers are not looking too hot. Joey B doing his thing. Ravens-Browns look like clear playoff teams. Is this the toughest division in football right now? Wow. Toughest division in football. Actually, I don't think the AFC North's very good this year. I think the AFC North has one really good team in the Cleveland Browns. I think they're going to they're gonna have another team in the Baltimore Ravens that are going to be up and down. Um, I think when we talked about this off the air uh, a couple weeks ago, and this could have changed, but... You said the Ravens are probably a 500 team. And the more that I look at it and the way I see them playing um, to the level of their competition, I do believe that's probably a little accurate with just all the injuries. And that could get just being a 500 team, nine and eight, it can maybe get you the seven seed because the AFC, besides the AFC West, it's not looking too good. So it's going to be interesting what those uh, two uh, wild card spots are looking like. Yeah, I'm and not... then the Bengals, I'm just not sold on the Bengals yet. They haven't really played anyone for me to buy it yet. And the Steelers, uh, Steelers are done, dude. Like, Big Ben, I'm calling the shot right now. Big Ben's retired in three weeks. Steelers are washed, man. Big Ben's arm is no more. Not really sold on the Bengals being a playoff contending team. Uh, they still have trouble protecting Burrow. He's still getting absolutely smacked in the backfield. Uh I like the Ravens, clearly, but injuries, that team has to get healthy, and then maybe we can get in rhythm, but I do like the Browns. I think the Browns are the clear favorite right now to uh, win the North. Uh, Hardest division in football, I'm going to say the NFC West, possibly the AFC West. Those two West divisions are unreal. I mean, the Chiefs are at the bottom of the AFC West. I have more faith in the NFC West teams. I think those teams are better, top to bottom. But, I mean, it's hard to really say anything bad about the Raiders, the way they've looked. 
The Broncos, you can say they haven't played any competition, which they really haven't, but they've won those games fair and square. Chargers, Chargers look very promising as well. So I'd say the two West are the best divisions in football. All right, I have another uh, question slash comment from uh, Luke from Burlington. Luke says, the Jets are the worst team slash organization I have ever witnessed. We should trade Zach Wilson. Steve, any comment on that? Oh, man. See, this is the <laughs> this is the issue, uh, rebuilding and then getting a new quarterback. They take second overall. Oh, my goodness, man. The Jets aren't the worst organization, all right? They, this is only like six years for them in a row. The Browns did this for 20. So if they're the worst organization ever, I feel bad because that's still another 14 years. You boys got to go. All right, well said. Uh, anything else you want to touch on here, Steve, until we get into these lines? Uh, no, I think we're ready to roll. Make sure you guys get your entries in. Oh, yeah, duh. Uh, yeah, we're still doing the Johnny Manziel helmet giveaway. Uh, everybody, make sure you comment under the YouTube video. Leave us your lock of the week. And I have been having some issues getting it on YouTube, but I think we're all squared away now. So by the time you hear this on Spotify, it should be on YouTube. Uh, everything looks good there. And uh, yeah, leave us your lock of the week. You'll get entered to win the uh, giveaway. So let's get to these lines. Starting with the Thursday night football game, we are talking uh, Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Steve and Vegas has Cincinnati favored by seven and a half points in this one. This is um, interesting, right? Like uh, everything says we should go with Cincinnati because, you know, they're kind of coming off a big win against the Steelers. Um, Yeah, we're kind of down on the Steelers, but still a team the Bengals have looked up to for so many years couldn't get past them in the playoffs a couple of times so yeah it's a big step for them but I could see this being a potential trap game for the Bengals yes the Jaguars have not looked very good at all but um I think the thing that's a little overrated with the Bengals is people don't understand they're not even throwing the ball for 200 yards a game and that's kind of what they rely on because their run game hasn't been that great um so I think this is a trap game. This isn't a game I'm gonna touch. We're not good. At, I'm not good at Thursday night games, so I'm not gonna get too crazy into this. But I think this is a perfect Jaguar teaser. I think I'm teasing them up to 14 and a half come Thursday night. This has trap game written all over it, Steve. You're absolutely right on this. I'm actually gonna side with the Jaguars plus seven and a half here. I mean, they have to win eventually, and they played the Arizona Cardinals last week and that was a pretty tight game up until uh up until the late in the second half uh, Arizona started to pull away but I I saw the halftime score and that was very close I know a couple dumb mistakes there from the Arizona Cardinals right before halftime but hey that's what happens it's a 60 minute ball game you got to play for 60 minutes I think if Jacksonville is going to get it right, they're going to get it right against a defense along the lines of the Cincinnati Bengals defense, who really hasn't been all too performing all too well, though they did look good last week against Pittsburgh, only holding them to 14 points. But that Pittsburgh offense is a different story for a different time. Uh, I'm going to take this on a fade, but I'm going to actually going to side with the Jaguars here, plus 7.5. And, and if you're feeling it, sprinkle a little money line and get a plus 300 because Urban's going to win a game eventually. So. And why not Thursday night to do it? These Thursday night games are super whack all the time. So, uh, Steve, give me the over/under on 46. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely fade the Jaguars, too. Like, I definitely think if you're playing this, I, I think you play the trap that the Bengals are falling into, coming off of such an emotional high. Urban Meyer's homecoming just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, 46 over under, I'm actually going to lean the over. Both the quarterbacks turn the ball over. Both these offenses uh, put up a lot of yards, and I just, I just expect this to go over because I'm truly – I'm interested to see, like – what the Bengals' defense is, this is a little bit better of an offense in the sense that uh, they, they, they they sling the ball across the field an awful lot, and I expect that to be the same for both these teams. Both these quarterbacks throw the ball a ton, and they're going to keep doing that in this game. Even though Jacksonville is number two in the NFL at yards per rush, they don't run the ball at all because they make Trevor Lawrence throw the ball 60 times a game because that's what wins games. Right, Urban? Uh, yeah, hammering the over. I'm never sure on Thursday night games, but I'm sure on this one, you're going to want to hammer this over a 46. This is way too low. These guys are going to be throwing it up and down the field. And these defenses, I'm not sold on either one of them. So give me the over 46 on a hammer. Moving to the Sunday slate of games, we're talking the Washington team of football traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. And Vegas has Washington favored by a point and a half in this one, Steve. This is a very interesting line. Um, one and a half. One and a half. Just, uh, I think it's on the wrong side. Like I thought the Falcons would be favored in this, but I get why. I think I would. I'm gonna lean the football team here, dude. My issue. Yes. So yes. I. You're right. Like Washington's defense is terrible. They gave. They gave up the. Uh, big day to Danny Dimes, and obviously they got absolutely demolished last week against Josh Allen. Well, you said it last week that we thought Josh Allen was going to get on track. He got on track. I think this is where this Washington defense is going to come out and make a statement. Matt Ryan hasn't been good. Calvin Ridley's been down. Like That offense just hasn't been as good, and I probably have a little more faith in the football team's offense right now with uh, Taylor Haneke. So I'm actually going to lean towards Washington in this game. Yeah, I'm not this I'm not touching this game. These early games here we're going to talk about, I'm not really going to touch a lot of these. I'm also going to take Washington minus a point and a half on a fade. Uh, the thing about that gets me about Atlanta is they're supposed to be this firepower offense with a bad defense. Well, I mean, they only scored 17 points last week against the Giants. Giants don't really have a good defense. They scored uh, 24 against Tampa, which was actually pretty formidable. And then week one, they score three points. So this Atlanta team is not this firepower offense we're used to seeing it, even though their defense is just as bad. Uh, Washington, I think, has a better offense all around than the Falcons. They can run the ball. They have two solidified running backs. I mean, Terry McLaurin is an absolute monster. I just like Washington better as a team. Uh, they're going to be playing in a dome, which benefits uh, the offense. Definitely better footing for everyone. Uh, give me Washington minus a point and a half. Not really feeling this line all too much, but I'll take it. Uh, Steve over under forty seven and a half. Uh, I think forty seven and a half is just a little too high for how the Atlanta offense has been playing. I'm going to fade the under. I will fade the under as well. I am just like. Like I just said, I'm just not sold on that Atlanta offense. They should be a lot better than they are. But I think Matt Ryan's time is coming to an end, and that team really needs to uh, do something to rebuild. 
which is sad because they had a chance to get how many different quarterbacks in the draft this year, especially a guy like Justin Fields, who we're about to talk about. All right, uh, great segue into the next game. We got some. We got a lot of divisional games this week. Uh, the first one we're going to get to the Detroit Lions traveling to Soldier Field to take on the Bears, Steve. And Vegas has Chicago favored by two and a half points in this one. Yeah, this is my code do not touch game of the week, dude. I have absolutely no idea what to expect. Um, like 90% of the money is coming in on the lines, I think, or it's, it's 80, 85, 90 in that range. It's just something absolutely ridiculous. I get it. Like Dan Campbell has a team of uh, a bunch of guys who are fighters, but, um, they, they look good in one week, like the San Francisco game, like the onside kick going through Kittle's hand, blah, blah, blah. I don't like, no, that, that doesn't do it for me. They got shellacked against green Bay. Um, they probably should have beat Baltimore, and I give them credit for that. But Baltimore is coming off an emotional high. Chicago, Chicago is a huge mess too, though. I feel so bad for Justin Fields. They honestly, if the offensive line is going to be that bad and the play calling is going to be that bad, just don't play him. Don't ruin him. Let the next regime come in and take care of him because, dude, whatever they're doing, they're talking about starting Nick Foles this week. You just have no clue like where that franchise is. Matt Nagy is a terrible leader. He will be the first coach fired, and I don't even know if he's going to make it through the year because I don't know if they necessarily want to take the chance of ruining Justin Fields. Um, I do think that the Bears bounce back in this game, so I'm going to fade the Bears, but again, I, I'm not touching this game at all. This would have been my upset of the week, but it is not. It is a very close second. <clears throat> I'm taking Detroit plus two and a half. And I'm going to say, man, I'm going to hammer down on these lines. Dude, Dan Campbell has these boys hungry. They're 0-3. They have a not a good but a decent shot of being 3-0. and <clears throat> Take out the Niners game where they were down early. They were leading the Packers at halftime. They looked very good in that game. And they, I mean, they hung around in the Ravens game, man. They did not let us sustain drives. That defensive line, it may be small, but it is fast. And Justin Fields didn't run any last week. He's going to look to get outside the pocket this week. Well, hey, Lamar was getting chased down by the defensive ends of the Lions. So this defense is a lot faster than people give it credit for, man. I really like this Detroit Lions team. Definitely the best 0-3 team out there. Even better than the Colts, I think. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions plus 2.5, man. I just I don't think Justin Fields is ready for the NFL. I do think he needed to sit a lot longer, maybe the whole year. It's like they threw him out into the fire, and what did that team have? I know the Browns' defensive line is really good, and defense as a whole is very good, but didn't they have like 50 yards of total offense last week, Steve, against you guys? Yeah, one yard net passing, 47 total yards, and nine sacks allowed. This is the NFL. That doesn't happen. You don't get 50 yards total offense. That's, that is just a shame, man. Like you said, Matt Nagy needs to go. That. Because that team should be a lot better than it has been playing, and I think it starts at the top, man. Uh, give me the Lions, plus two and a half, hammering down on them. Uh, Steve, give me the over-under on 41 and a half. Yeah, even Vegas thinks this is going to be a super ugly game, but I'm fading the under. Uh, I would like to take the over here just because it's so low, but I, I don't know. Like These teams are both a mess, so I just think like they're going to play it to the level of their competition. This is going to be an ugly game. Yeah, I'm not touching this over under, uh, but if I had to pick a side, I'd pick over. I could see this 23-20 uh, game-ish, so 41.5 is pretty low. 
Uh, next game to get to, we got the Tennessee Titans traveling to MetLife to take on the Jets. Steve and Vegas has Tennessee favored by seven in this one. I really want to lock this up, but uh, seven points on the road. We're not sure about AJ or Julio. Like the question came out today, like they mo or yeah, but the question came out today, like are either of them going to play, and it can't be answered yet. So that makes me a little nervous, but uh, I'm going to hammer the Titans here. I have a lot of faith. Um, that offense line isn't very good, but that G Jets defense is so bad. The Jets are going to probably give up about 200 yard, 250 yards rushing. Uh, they got annihilated on the ground last week against the Broncos, and now they face a better running attack with Derrick Henry. And I think the Titans are starting to figure something out. Yep, I am. And I can sit here and go on about the Jets, but it's really not worth it, man. It's just it's so bad over there right now. Uh, I There's no way you can bet the Jets for the next 10 weeks. Jets are averaging six points a game. Zach Wilson has thrown how many interceptions this year? Four plus two plus I don't know how many he threw last week. He at least has six interceptions. Uh, yeah, hammer down on Tennessee even without Julio and AJ. Well, I think at least you're gonna get at least one of them. I would expect to get at least one of them. But yeah, they're not gonna be able to stop Henry. I'm fading the Jets until further notice. They have they've shown me nothing. Uh, Zach Wilson has looked like a toddler out on the football field. Yeah, not much to say. Like you said, hammer the Titans. Um, Steve, over under 44? I think this hits over just because I think Zach Wilson's uh, turnovers are going to continue. Like, the guy has no confidence. We just heard a Jets fan ask a question about trading him, and it's just like, like, how how can this how can this guy feel, get confidence, and I don't expect him to be on the field a lot. Uh, what is it? 44 even. Oh, 44 is a weird number. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna play it um, because, like, I don't. I, I'm not like. I don't like to bet on turnovers. So, yeah, Zach Wilson does have seven interceptions this year, and I, he'll probably turn it over. He hasn't. But they haven't even scored a touchdown since week one. So, uh, you can't really rely on them to uh, score enough points to hit the over. So, I'm gonna fade the under. Yeah, I have under faded written down as well. I just the thing is like. The Jets have been scoring, what, six a game? Okay, well, say they score two touchdowns, 14. Well, are Tennessee Titans going to score 30 if they're down Julio and AJ? I really don't know. I don't think they need to. I think they're going to get up by 20 and just lay off the gas, basically. So if I would take a side, I'd take the under, but I'm not going to play any money on this one. Uh, next game, getting to Steve. We got the Cleveland Browns traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, and Vegas has Cleveland favored by two points in this game. Um, I, so I've seen this line in a couple different spots for anywhere from one to uh, two and a half. So, you know, this is tough right now. Two, I, I'm not touching this game. I don't know what to expect. Like Cleveland Browns defense looks super good, but um. Kevin Stefanski's going to his former team. There's going to be a lot of emotion. I prefer not to bet games that have a lot of emotion, as we will get to. Uh, I was obviously super impressed by the Cleveland Browns defense. Joe, Joe Woods was on the hot seat already from the fans, and then he obviously answered that. So I'm excited to see what happens there. We're still a little unsure of the availability of Dalvin Cook. 
Although that might not even be like a big deal because of the way Alexander Madison looked. He was super impressive. And um, I'm interested to see what happens here. Uh, we've been talking about how they use more receivers and tight ends, but then they finally got a tight end going in Tyler Conklin. He looked super good. And uh, so I think that'll obviously help their system. Kirk Cousins has been throwing the ball a lot through the air. Connor, I don't know where to go with this game. So I, I think I'm going to go with the Browns on a fade, but I have absolutely no confidence just because I think this is going to be one of the best games this week. Steve, when you bet on a game, who do you bet on? You bet on the better team, right? Yeah. Cleveland Browns are clearly the better team in this matchup. I'm hammering the Browns, and this was almost my lock of the week, but I got a better one coming up for you, man. Cleveland is a powerhouse, dude. I said it before. I said it early, man. I said Cleveland's one of the best teams in the AFC. Dude, they held an NFL team to 50 yards of total offense last week. Are you kidding me? Vikings are a good squad. I mean, they beat the Seahawks last week. Although the Seahawks do lose games they should win. Uh, they were getting absolutely dominated by the Cardinals until a second-half comeback. In Week 1, they lost to the Bengals, who I'm, the, I'm not really sold on the Bengals. I don't really know who the Bengals are. Uh, listen, man, Browns are for real, and I know you have a hard time admitting it because you're a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan, and you've seen the fuck, you've seen where they've been, man, in those last 20 years or so. But, man, I'm telling you, these boys are legit. They can run the football. They can throw the football, man. I don't think Minnesota has the defense to slow down Cleveland. Two points, easy. Hammering on the Browns. Uh, Steve, give me the over-under on 51.5 on this game. Uh, I really like the over in this game. I think both offenses put up a ton of points consistently. Kirk Cousins is having a sneaky MVP kind of season, which is absolutely insane to say. But I really like their weapons. Uh, Adam Thielen is still balling. Justin Jefferson, um, no matter what running back plays, they show they can still score. So the way Kirk Cousins is slinging it, I think they can score. And we know the Browns are going to give us 30. So 30. That gives us uh, 20 from or 21, 22 from the Vikings to hit. So I, I think this is hitting. I'm take. I'm gonna lean the over here. Yeah, Minnesota can definitely score, and uh, so can Cleveland. I'm gonna take the over as well on a lean. I just think Cleveland. I think Cleveland's gonna win this game by 10. I could see this being a uh, a 30 to. I want to say 30 to 20, but maybe like a 33 to 20 game. I really like Cleveland in this game, man. I think this is a huge game for Cleveland to make a statement. Everyone was saying last week, well, they did it to a, the bad NFC North team. Well, they're going to do the same thing to a better NFC North team here. They're going to dominate them. All right, uh, next game getting to, we got the Indianapolis Colts traveling to South Florida to take on the Miami Dolphins. Steve and Vegas has Miami favored by one point in this game. This game makes absolutely no sense to me. This is an absolute hammer on Miami. The Colts are terrible. The Colts the Colts are going to be playing themselves into a top five pick here. Um, they have no they have no one that can go over the top. They don't have a running back that can make a play or prove to make a play yet this year. Uh, I don't understand, man. And what? What? The Dolphins don't have two? Okay, Jacoby Brissett looked just fine last week. That defense stepped up. That defense is better than the Colts' defense. Um, I get the Colts need to win, but I like what I saw out of Miami last week. This game's in Miami. I'm absolutely hammering Miami in this matchup. The only thing that worries me about this is if Jonathan Taylor could get hot. I know he hasn't had a good start to the year. I don't really think he's a good running back, 
but people tend to think that Jonathan Taylor is a very good running back. If he does get hot, this will be a close game. But Miami secondary is way too good. Uh, Carson Wentz, Mr. Two Sprain there, he's not going to be able to do much throwing the ball. That's the only way to keep this close is to run the ball and chew up clock. I do like Miami in this game, and I have them down on a hammer as well. We had a big question last week against the uh, the Raiders line, too. We were questioning that line against Miami, and now Miami has another questionable line this week. Vegas got us last week, but I don't think they're going to get us this week. Uh, we are hammering the Dolphins minus one, and this is the lock for dub double lock of the week. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Hammer Miami minus one, man. I like Jacoby Brissett. I think they're going to be able to take care of the awful Indianapolis Colts at home. Uh, Steve, give me the over-under on 42 and a half. Yeah, 42 and a half is probably about right. I'm going to fade the under. I like both these defenses. Um, Carson Wentz, man, everyone's going to be so down on Carson Wentz. And I, maybe I should be as well. Obviously, he hasn't looked very good. But, Connor, what's the difference of going to a team that has uh, running, a bunch of running backs where they're all mediocre, uh, not a very good receiving core, a worse tight end, and a worse offensive line. Like, what's the difference? Like, you put Carson Wentz in the same fucking situation that he was just in, and yet we're supposed to be like, all right, Carson, go make magic because you have a new helmet on. It's the same situation. It's the same everything. This is a, a lean on the under for me. I I, uh, I, I said I wasn't going to touch it, but my Colts offense isn't that good, and um, Miami's defense is pretty solid, and it's going to be hard for me to see uh, Jacoby Brissett just putting up a bunch of points. They put up a few points last week because I do believe they had a pick six on the first play of the game. Or maybe not first play, but on the first series of the game. The thing is, they're supposed to have a better running back in Jonathan Taylor to Miles Sanders. They're supposed to have a better offensive line, but the offensive line's in shambles. They're supposed to have better wide receivers, but, I mean, they're both terrible receiving cores. You got the, you got Jalen Rager on one side, and you have uh, you got Hurt, Hurt T.Y. Hilton is not even playing. You got a uh, Paris Campbell, Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, you're supposed to have a better defense, but the defense hasn't showed up this year. I don't, I'm I'm not sold on the Indy defense, but anyway, getting to the over under, uh, Steve, where did you go on this? Uh, I lean the under. I lean I the can't under. See this heading over. Yeah. Okay. I got. Yeah. I'm fading the under. I'm not betting it. Forty two and a half is really low, but yeah. It, don't bet this one. All right, uh, next game. We've got the Carolina Panthers traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, Steve. And Vegas has Dallas favored by four in this one. I've been waiting for this one, man. I've, I, I, You know, I've been talking up the Panthers. I've been super high on the Panthers the whole year. So let's, let's get into this because... We have. Some, I want to ask you, man. Like, what, what do you think about Mike McCarthy, man? Because, like, I don't see it. Like, I think he's a terrible coach, and I think he's in a great system, like with great players. And I think he has a great offense coordinator. This guy's the. I'm not gonna say he's the worst game manager, but he's pretty bad, dude. Like every week when I'm watching, at the end of the first half, doesn't use his timeouts to give the ball back to Dak Prescott. What are you doing? Dak was rolling on that Philly defense. 
and you don't use the timeouts to give them one more shot. Uh, I don't. I, there's a, there's just a bunch of situations. If you want to go back into that game and watch, it's uh, it, it makes me nervous because Vegas is saying that it's going to be about a five point game. Um, neutral site, we're talking about a close game at minus two. With that being said, I'm going to take the more, better coach team. It, Carolina doesn't make that many mistakes. Now, Dallas defense is super good, and that's what makes me a little nervous. But um, I, I'm a true believer in these Panthers, but I, I think it's this game comes down to coaching. I'm taking plus five in the Panthers on a hammer. I don't trust Mike McCarthy. And, yeah, Mike McCarthy hasn't really been in a close game yet to uh, for this to come back and bite him. Um in the game that they were in a close game against the, I mean, the Buccaneers, they, they should have got it done, didn't. Uh, the Chargers game, Justin Herbert had two touchdowns get called back, or else we're talking about that game in a totally different light. And then they got up by so much, his coaching mistakes on Monday night didn't matter. So I think this game comes down to coaching. I'm taking the five points with the Panthers on a hammer. So I got it at four. You're still taking it at four? Oh, sorry. Yeah, my I see it at five. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm still taking the Panthers at four. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't make much of a difference. Five to four there. Um. Yeah. This is this is probably the game where me and you both have the most uh, polar opposite opinion. I'm hammering Dallas minus four. I really like that Dallas Cowboys offense. And I know statistically Carolina has the number one defense, but I mean they have not really played that high level of competition. I think Dallas has went up against very good defenses. That Chargers defense is very good. That uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is very good, and they've put up points on both squads. I've been really high on Dallas all year, and I'm going to continue riding that that uh, Dak Prescott hype train. I am hammering the Cowboys minus four. I just don't have any faith in Sam Darnold, man. We tend to forget it's still Sam Darnold. Like, there's so much blame on Adam Gase, and I understand that. I totally get that, the blame on Adam Gase. He's a terrible coach. But, um, man, it's it's still Sam, and uh, it is what it is, man. And getting back to, circling back to the Mike McCarthy thing, man, like, I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy guy either. I'm super glad that he doesn't call players. The only thing he has to do is game management, and he does a terrible job at that, too. We touched on this, if not last week, the week before. But we both think that Mike McCarthy needs to go and get somebody else in there that's a better clock, better game manager, whether it be Kellen Moore or someone from the inside. I just didn't like that hire from the get-go, and I still don't like it. But I am in love with Kellen Moore's offensive play-calling scheme. I think he does a fantastic job, and he really suits Dak Prescott in this Dallas offense. And like you said, Dallas's defense is a lot better, a lot quicker than it was in prior years. Give me the Cowboys at home, minus four. That place is going to be bumping. Uh, Steve, over under on 50 and a half. I do like the over in this game. Um, I just think that both offenses are going to be able to put up points. Um, I, yeah, the defenses are pretty solid here. Uh, I don't feel too great, so it's on a fade. But I just like both these offenses a lot. And with the injury to J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson comes in. Uh, he doesn't have very much time to learn a new system. He's probably going to be asked to play on Sunday. Um, and he hasn't really panned out after being a top 10 selection just a couple of years ago. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I think this turns into being a high-scoring game, though. Yep, I will be fading the over as well with you. 
basically for everything you just said. All right, uh, moving on. We got the uh, New York Giants traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints, Steve. And Vegas has New Orleans favored by seven in this matchup. New Orleans by seven. Man, I don't like either one of these teams. I, they're so hard to bet. Like, I, like I, I continue to say, like, Jameis is going to be up and down. You just never know what's going to happen. And really, the only reason why they won by so much is because Bill Belichick decided to uh, uh, have Johnny Smith throw a pass, which is very un-Bill uh, Belichick kind of like. And he spins around, throws it, pick six. And, yeah, yeah that's really just what it is there. So, um, then they only beat New England by like seven and Mac Jones threw two or three pick or two picks and then Johnny threw the pick and they're only winning by 14 I, with that many. I don't know. I just don't, <coughs> I just don't like it. I don't know where that team is. I, the giants are a mess, dude. Um, the giants couldn't even beat the Falcons at home. So Danny Joe, Danny dimes is, uh, just proving to be a good quarterback against the Washington Redskins or football team or whatever they are called when they, when he plays them very good against the Washington team but every every other team it's a it's just a completely different story which I don't really understand because Washington's had a pretty solid defense the years that he's been quarterback for uh the New York Giants so definitely interesting but when he goes up against other teams for whatever reason and the reason why I think I will uh lean toward or not lean but fade the Saints here is because their defense has forced turnovers a lot of them and uh they've converted and that's who they are this early in the year, and turnover Danny is prone to turn over the ball a couple of times. So I'm going to fade the uh, Saints here. Yeah, I'm with you. And this is another do-not-touch game of the week, which I tend to have a lot of this year. I don't really know who the Saints are, honestly. And I know who the Giants are. The Giants are a bad team that will fight down to the last play. Uh, originally, I had the Giants on a fade, but then I was digging more into it. Uh, New Orleans is actually really good at stopping the run. So Saquon's not going to be able to get going in this game, nor will he probably be able to get going all year. I think his days are numbered. And uh, I do like that New Orleans offense. I like Alvin Kamara a lot. And um, I don't know, man. I, I don't really want to touch this one, but if I had to pick a side, I would pick the Saints minus seven. Playing at home, I just man, I don't know. I just I was talking to somebody today about this, Steve, and I want I want to get your take on this. Where do you put the blame on the New York Giants organization? Because like, is it all on Danny Dimes? Because like this this should be a very good team. Their defense is okay. I mean, they have four really good wide receivers. They have a running back who's supposed to be top tier. I know their lines are they have trouble with the lines, but like. I just don't understand why this team cannot win football games. Yeah, I don't know why it's so hard for people to accept this. I get that Joe Judge is, uh, you know, seems like the right guy, but my blame is one: Dave Gettle, he shouldn't be there no more. Uh, I still, I don't know how he still has the job there after his performance has even won more than six games since he's been there. Uh, no, and uh, Joe Judge, like, why can't we put blame on Joe Judge? Uh, penalties and all that—that's coaching. Uh, I'm sorry, little mental mistakes that the Giants continue to make week in and week out, that is coaching. Um, so if they continue to make those mistakes, I don't know why everyone is so afraid to point the blame at Joe Judge. But um, 
that's where the that's where I'm pointing the blame. Uh, coaching matters, and this is not a very well coached football team. They make simple, simple mistakes week in, week out, and as they continue to do that, I will continue going away from the Giants. And the only way I think you can, uh, sorry, truly fix that is uh, by letting go of your head coach and starting over. And it could be a new GM, head coach, uh, quarterback there started up next year. Uh, people tend to like Joe Judge because he's a very old school coach, nose to the ground, smash mouth football kind of guy. But you have to adapt in the new age NFL. The Giants are the last team, percentage wise, to use uh, pre snap uh, motion. And I mean, you that's it's necessary in today's NFL to use pre snap motion. I mean, every the, all the best offenses do it. All the best teams do it. I mean, it's just it's not being in with the time so i agree with you on the joe judge and i think that would make it a lot easier on danny dimes too you know if you have a lot more spice in the offense keep the defense guessing but i mean a very base defense can figure out this new york giants offense there's really not much to it so you uh, put a guy in motion you put a guy in motion so he can see what the defense is if it, if a man is trailing or they switch you can tell like that's why you put a man in motion they're not making the game any easier for Danny Dimes. So as much as I would sit here and uh, bash Danny Dimes, it, <laughs> coaching's everything, man. And I think we've seen that with numerous of teams. And uh, then, and then he said today, like analytics don't mean blah 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 or whatever. I'm sorry, man. Like you want to talk about old school, new school? Analytics matter. Uh, it, it's an advantage. It gives you something. Like numbers don't lie. Like. Yeah, they can be inflated and deflated, but numbers at the end of the day don't lie. And you have to use some kind of form of analytics. The best teams in the NFL do. That's the new time. Talking about numbers here, give me the over-under on 41.5, Steve. Um, I think I'm going to fade the over just a little low, just with how potent that uh, Saints offense can be. So I think I like the over here. Yep, I fade the over as well. Uh, next game, we got the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Philadelphia to play the Eagles, Steve. And Vegas has Kansas City favored by seven in this game. Interesting because Kansas City is 2-16 uh, and 16 in their last 18 games against the spread. Um, they're obviously coming off a, uh, a tough loss, tough two losses. So uh, this could be a get-right spot. But they're going on the road against a team who also had their own issues. I'm not big on Jalen Hurts. Um, he proved that. I, I don't trust what's going on in Philly, though. So, like, yeah, it sounds dumb to take the Chiefs. But, uh, <laughs> dude, Philly only gave Miles Sanders their best running back two carries in a, in a division game that they I, I get you got behind. But you're just – just because you're down by 13 points doesn't mean you just abandon uh, the run, and that's something they need to use, and they did that. And they put the game all in Jalen Hurts, and obviously the pressure was just too much for him. Cowboys defense is better. Um, I'm not sure what to think here. I'm actually going to I'm gonna lean the Chiefs. This is a teaser game to me, though. I would love to tease this game maybe with Thursday night, get those, uh, get the Jaguars at 14 and a half, get this game at uh, at at a pick them and take the chiefs, but I'm going to, I'm going to fade the, or, or yeah, I'm going to fade the, fade the chiefs. That's another poorly coached team. The Eagles, the whole NFC East is absolutely poorly coached besides Ron Rivera, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I actually like the chiefs a lot in this game. Uh, not as much to hammer him just because of their, uh, record against the spread. 
But I think this is a huge get-right game for the Chiefs. Uh, I think they're going to be juiced up. Yeah, they don't want to fall too far back in the division. I mean, this is still one of the premier teams in the AFC who's going to be fighting for home field advantage come November, December. I th Philly's an absolute mess. Like you said, giving Miles Sanders only two carries. I mean, he averaged, what, 13 yards a touch? He had two carries for 27 yards. You're not going to give him any more love. Uh, Philly's got their own world of problems. I don't think they're going to be able to uh, move the ball very well against the Chiefs. Uh, give me the Chiefs minus seven. I'm going to take them on a lean. Uh, Steve, give me the over-under and 54.5 on this one. Yeah, this is a hammer for me. I'm taking the over. Um, I, I think the Eagles are going to be able to move the ball because that Chiefs defense can't stop. A, I think just can't stop nothing. And the way it's going and from what I see, if the Eagles don't want to run the ball, they're going to start. They want to throw, get into a shootout with the Chiefs. This is an easy over for me. I'm hammering this over. I actually got the under markdown on a lean. I just, man, Jalen Hurts, he really, I mean, I've never been really high on Jalen Hurts, but I mean, I talked to a few few Eagles fans this week, and they were really, they were really bummed out, man, about the effort that Hurts gave. A lot of, a couple guys said that he just, like, gave up on plays, was throwing the ball behind guys, didn't even look like he was really trying. I don't know, man. I'm just not really sold in this Philly team, nor the offense. And this is a pretty high line. It's the second highest line of the week. I just don't feel like Philly is going to have enough to get it done. And they're going to be questioning the regime moving forward. I'm going to lean the under here. Uh, next game, getting to uh, biggest spread of the year so far, Steve. we got Houston traveling to Buffalo. And Vegas likes the Bills by 17 in this one. I do not understand what is going on with this line. Um, the Bills are obviously destroying people. Josh, uh, Josh Allen had his get-right game. That defense is honed in. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I get it. But, dude, these Texans, man, they compete. They fight. Um, obviously, Tyrod not playing is unfortunate because I think Tyrod would uh, have a great game back at Orchard, uh, Orchard Park, right? Um, so I think uh, – you know, I, I think, like, this is just too many points for me, Connor. I'm going to lean the Texans. I think they're a well-coached team. Um, they're, they're competing their butts off for their coach, and I have absolutely re I absolutely respect that. I actually don't mind how Davis Mills has looked in the first couple weeks. Brandon Cooks is, uh, Brandon Cooks is a freaking stud that people forgot about, and uh, he's really balling out. Um, so obviously it's going to be much tougher this week against the uh, Bills defense, but I, I just think this is too many points for a team that uh, competes their ass off every day, every night. So um, they have the extra time to prepare for this. Uh, I think they're well coached, so I think that gives them an, a little bit of an advantage uh, when we're talking about a 17-point spread. You don't see these giant spreads all too often, but generally when you do, they tend to hit on the favorite side. I couldn't recall... The last big spreads I remember like this was the uh, tank for two a year, Miami. Uh, they had two back-to-back -back games where there were 20-plus point dogs, and it was against Dallas and New England, and they both easily covered. I think Dallas won by 30, and New England like shut them out like 35 nothing. But um, I'm going to actually take Houston on this one. 17 is a lot to lay. I know Buffalo has been catching fire as of late, like I predicted. But man, these rookie quarterbacks have been so bad. Let's get let's get something going here with Davis Mills, man. Let's let's get it done. I just uh, I don't really have much to say about this. 17 is a lot. I will not be touching this game. I will not be teasing this game either way. 
But if I had to pick a side, I'd pick Houston plus 17. And plus, Buffalo does have problems uh, stopping the run. And, uh, I mean, they got some good running backs back there, man. Mark Ingram, he's been getting a lot of touches. Phillip Lindsay, I mean, he's a stud. So, let's go. Let's go, Davis Mills. Uh, Steve, give me the oh, – oh, and uh, before – I know you said Orchard Park, and everyone everyone knows that Orchard Park is where the Bills play, but they actually renamed the stadium last year. It's called Highmark Stadium, which totally doesn't ring off the tongue like Orchard Park. Boo. So, yeah, yeah, big boo. That's the lock for the boo. <laughs> Let's deuce on that, Highmark Stadium. Anyway, uh, Steve, give me the over-under 47.5 for this game. Um. <laughs> It's going to be very hard to count. I mean, if I'm taking the points, if I'm taking 17 points, I'm taking the under. Uh, I'm going to take the under on a fade, though, because I I just I don't know how many points the Texans are going to be able to score. That's what kind of what makes me nervous. But uh, I'm not sure the Bills are just going to run it up on them either. Um, but the Bills can't run the ball, so they do throw a lot, so I get it. Um, this could definitely be an overplay. Uh, I don't like it either way, though. I, cause it's just very reliant on what the Texans are going to be able to do. I do think the Texans are going to be able to put up the points, but um, I, I would actually uh, fade this under. I don't really like betting over-unders, but I feel pretty confident in this one it's going to be the over. I got this on a hammer. I like Houston plus 17, but, I mean, the Bills are the Bills are going to score 30 points. Okay, so for this to hit, Houston would need to score 18, which I see them very capable of. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer this over. I think Buffalo may score closer to 40 points. Houston's gonna put up close to 20, I think. So I think this is a easy over under. I think I think this should be in the low 50s, if anything, coming from Vegas. But I think uh, coming to game end, this could be closer to 60. So keep your eyes peeled for this. If you're an over-better, this is a good one for you. Uh, next game, getting to the 4 o'clock games. We've got, uh, we got two games here, back-to-back divisional matchups. We've got the Arizona Cardinals playing the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. Steve, and Vegas has the Rams favored by four in this one. Yeah, I love what the uh, Cardinals are doing, but uh, we're talking about the best football team in the NFL. I get get that after three weeks, that doesn't mean anything. This is my lock of the week. I really like where the Rams are at right now. Uh, Matt Stafford has proven to be the difference. You called it before the year. Uh, true MVP player right now. He's got to be the favorite in the clubhouse after destroying the Buccaneers. The Rams' defense is legit. I think they will be able to contain Kyler. I'm not sure Kyler is ready to uh, um, win a game like this, Uh, and I really like what I saw out of the Rams. This is my lock of the week. This one's tough for me. I uh, Man, I was really surprised that the Rams handled the Bucs like they did last year. I'm super high on the Rams, but maybe I'm not high enough because uh, I'm actually going to take uh, Arizona here, plus four, man. These divisional matchups, man, are tough, and I do like the uh, I do like that offense in Arizona, man. Rams defense has been good, but they do have some questions in the secondary. I mean, other than Jalen Ramsey, that secondary is not too, too, too strong, and uh I mean, Kyler Murray has just been on an absolute tear. I think the Rams are going to win this game outright, but I could see it being a three-point game. Put two and two together. You got plus four here. I'm going to take Arizona plus four on a fade. I think they're going to keep this one close, Steve. And give me the over-under on 55. Uh, 
55 is pretty high, but I really like the way these teams are playing. Both these offenses are clicking. I'm going to lean the over. Um, again, for everything I just said, I, I like I really like both these offenses. And uh, I'm a little uncertain about that Cardinals defense. They've given up yards through the air. They've given up points. And uh, I, think, um, I think you could see uh, the Cardinals. I could see this being like a 34-24 game which is 58, which hits, yeah. So I, I just think that the uh, Rams are going to be able to put up enough points to where the Cardinals are only going to have to score three touchdowns. And we obviously know that the Cardinals offense is very capable of putting up three touchdowns. Yep. I think very similar to you in this this matter. I will take the over on a lean. I could see this being a 30-33 game, 30-27-ish, hitting the over. All right, uh, and we got back-to-back NFC West divisional games here to get to, and uh, we got the Seattle Seahawks traveling to San Francisco to take on the Niners, Steve, and Vegas has the Niners favored by two and a half points here. I want to sit here and rip the Seahawks so bad. They really cost me last week, got up early. Man, their inability to score in the second half has been a huge issue. The only six points in uh, last week's second half. Uh, only three points against the Titans, and the Titans come back and beat them. It's getting a little ridiculous. Come on, Pete Carroll, we got to make some adjustments. But Connor, but this is my upset of the week. I don't think I don't. I'm three and zero on these upset of the week, so we got something going here, and I feel pretty good about these Seahawks. Still, uh, they're slow starters, so this could obviously. But I don't see them going down to three, one and three. I feel like they're more of a two and two team. I think San Francisco is more of a two and two team. Uh, San Francisco is not really going to air it out on you. George Kittle didn't practice today, so if he's out, I feel even better about this today. Um, or I feel even better about this on Sunday. So if, uh, I, I don't trust that San Francisco uh, passing offense. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously had that nice drive to get it done against Aaron Rodgers and Co. But I, I, can't, I, I can't fathom the Seahawks starting one and three. And I can't fathom... Uh, Jimmy G lighting up that secondary because, like, it's honestly been getting lit up by um, great quarterbacks. Uh, well, Kirk Cousins, I don't know. Ryan Taylor might not necessarily be great, but I think they're both better options um, than Jimmy Garoppolo, and they have better weapons than Jimmy Garoppolo does. And we know that uh, San Francisco likes to run the ball. Derrick Henry did have the big day, but they're – uh, it's a completely different style that I think would lean better towards Seattle because of Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. Derrick Henry's just a different type of runner, just a different beast. I actually really like Seattle here, upset of the week. Yeah, I like Seattle in this game as well. I'm taking both dogs in these NFC matchups. I'm just going to take it on a lean, though. There's nothing really about San Francisco that has impressed me. I mean, they look good against the Lions, let them come back, and then they only scored, what, 14 against the Eagles? And then that game last week against the Packers, they were getting absolutely beat up until they had that late comeback in the second half. Which, granted, I mean, that was a good comeback to take the lead late in the game, but that Packers defense is not very good. Uh, nor is Seattle's, but I think Seattle's going to be able to put up a lot more points. And I don't think Seattle's going to... I mean, like you said, dude, they have not been scoring in the second half, and that's something they need to address. But a big part of it is that they haven't had the ball a lot in the second half, too. The game against Tennessee, I mean, like, time of possession in the second half was all Tennessee. I mean, they just let Derrick Henry run wild. And all the injuries at running back to San Francisco, it's kind of worrisome. 
Uh, I'm going to take Seattle plus two and a half on a lean. If you would like to buy that extra half a point, if you don't think they're going to win outright, but this would be a good game to sprinkle money line just because I think Pete Carroll has Kyle Shanahan's number. He has the last few seasons, so I could see this continuing. Uh, give me Seattle on this one. Uh, Steve, give me the over-under on 52. I think I like the under here for the reason that you said. A lot of teams have had a little bit of success running, the, or a little bit, a lot of success running against the uh, Seahawks. Um, their defense is kind of vulnerable, but uh, I think I think their secondary is going to bounce back. I don't think Jimmy G is good enough to uh, put up the amount of points that they're going to need to hit the over. I actually kind of like this to be a, uh, you know, like 24-21 kind of game more so. So I, I think I'm going to uh, lean. or No, nah, I'm going to fade the under, but I feel – I feel pretty good about it, but uh, I think I would like. I think I don't think I'm gonna play. I think it's just tough. It's gonna be tough because like both these offenses are more than capable. But uh, I expect this to be a more of a running kind of game. Yeah, I will not be touching this one. But if I had to pick a side, I would fade the under as well. I think this is a um, 27-20 ish kind of game. 24-17. I'll take the under. Uh, next game, we got the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Mile High City to take on the Broncos, Steve. And I have, I know this line's been flipping back and forth, but I got Denver favored by one point in this game at home. I want nothing to do with this game. <laughs> I, this, this is, there's three games, and this is game number two. I just want nothing to do with it. I don't know who Denver is. I, I'm, I'm super excited um, about what they've been able to accomplish I'm a, I talk about Teddy Bridgewater all the time. I really like Teddy Bridgewater. Let me tell you that, or let me ask you this, Connor. Teddy Bridgewater has played 63 career NFL games. Connor, how many times do you think Teddy Bridgewater has thrown three or more touchdowns in a game? Uh, let's see. He had a he had a good stint in Minnesota there for a couple of years. Um, three or more touchdowns. 63 career games. I don't know. I'd say close to 15. Twice. Twice. I. Uh, this is where it's going to be tough because I think where the Ravens are, you can beat them is through the air. I think Jared Goff's had success. I think Patrick Mahomes has had success. I think that's where you have success. But Teddy Bridgewater isn't that kind of quarterback. So where does that put us in this game? Well, the Ravens' run defense is pretty good. So I, I want nothing to do with this game. Uh, the Ravens had a bunch of guys not practice today. You probably know better. Maybe you'll be able to talk on it. Obviously, I'm super excited that they get Rashad Bateman back. He's one of my favorite wide receivers in this uh, wide receiver class. I was way higher on him than anybody because for whatever reason. But I think you guys got a steal. So I'm excited to see him return. And uh, the injuries – Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be able to take over this game to where Lamar possibly can. I want nothing to do with it. Um, if I have to bet it, I would probably go with Lamar and Co. on a fade. On a fade, Steve. This is my upset of the week. I am hammering down on my boys this week, man. Listen, Baltimore, 2-1. and one, You can argue they shouldn't be 2-1. and one. They could very well possibly be 0-3. But we've played three very good teams. I said earlier, Lions are the best 0-3 team in the league. Played the Chiefs, very good team. Oakland, very good team, 3-0. and Let's look at who Denver's played. Played the New York Jets. Steve, how many points a game do the New York Jets average? 
Six. Six points a game. Oh, okay. Wow. That's that's not a very good team. Who else have they played? Uh, New York Giants. Steve, how many games have the New York Giants won this year? Uh, about as many as the Jets. Oh, zero. Okay. Two and three. And let's see. Who else did they play? Oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Steve. What have, what have they done this year? You're lucky you we're not recording this because the Jaguars are winning tomorrow now. <laughs> no way, man. Like... Okay, man. Credit credit to the Broncos. They're three and zero. I mean, good for them. But they've played absolutely nobody. Granted, those three games haven't been competitive, nor they should be. I mean, Broncos are a very good team. I do like the Broncos' defense. I know. I don't think Bradley Chubb's going to be playing in this game. And see, that's a very good point that you said earlier about um, Teddy Two Gloves not being able to win games through the air. Because actually, Baltimore has a very they have a very good run defense, and they actually have a very good pass rush this year, as opposed to prior years where they had a very good secondary and not a very good pass rush. So kind of evens out. I think we're gonna get after Teddy all game, and I think this is going to be a big bounce back game. Play calling wise for Baltimore was a little suspect last year. Hollywood did not have a good game. I don't think Bateman's going to play, but I think we have other weapons that will suffice for this game. Although, Broncos got a very good team, but man, you just, I mean, Baltimore one-point dogs. I mean, they've been the better team as of late, and I think they still are to this day. I will take them all day, plus one in Denver. Give me that money line. Steve, over-under on 45. I like this to be a, a big run heavy game. Uh, going to altitude uh, once every couple of years is very hard to do for an NFL quarterback, so it can't really adjust to it. You can't you can't simulate uh, air and how thick it is and how thin it is, and you know it's, I think it's just very hard to throw the ball in Denver for opposing teams that don't go there very often. So I actually like the under on a lean in this matchup. Things move quicker the lighter the air is. Balls carry farther. That means Lamar's quicker, right? Good luck catching him. <laughs> Hammer the over in this game. I Baltimore is going to put a 30-burger on Denver. Not a problem. I uh, see this a 30-17, 30-20 kind of game. I like this over to hit. Hammer down on the over. All right, Steve. Uh, we got the next one to get to. The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Lambeau to take on the Packers in a... Four o'clock game in Lambeau, which not too many of those. Uh, let's see. Vegas has the Packers favored by six and a half in this game, Steve. So what you're trying to tell me is that this is our four o'clock Fox game. This is oh, well. Well, you got gosh. the NFC. You got the NFC West matchups too. Let's just hope America. Let's just hope they don't get this wrong, man. We we need the Rams and the Cardinals over this matchup. This is such an easy hammer on the Packers. I was watching the uh, Steelers game back over. Big Ben throws a deep ball in the first quarter. You know how many deep balls he threw after that? None. That shoulder is done. This man is retiring in three weeks. This guy is done, dude. I I you know I I can't sit here with enough joy and say it because he has shit on the Browns for so many years, and this is it. He didn't want to retire on the on the loss to the Browns, so he's like, "I'm going to do this one more time. I'm going to be in the best shape of my life and trip over the 35." Oh, sorry, uh, be in the best shape of my life and uh, nah, th- dude, no. Najee Harris had 19 targets, 
Najee Harris, the running back, had 19 targets. That's where the ball is going to go. They're going to throw a short. This, it's already over. This is the same reason they went 11-0. Teams finally caught on to step up and play defense. Oh, and the Packers' defense looked better last week, by the way. And uh, they're going to play up on them, and there's going to be nothing they can do because their offensive line sucks. Big Ben's are the shot. This is over. The Steelers are done. I thought I was going to – I was higher on the Steelers going into the year. After week one, I saw it. This is done. The train is crashing. They're the worst team in the AFC North. I love being able to sit here and do this because it is over. Let the rebuild begin in Pittsburgh. Mason Rudolph time, baby. Steve, as being two NFC North fans and the Browns and the Ravens, man, I am just as joyous as you to say that the Steelers are done. Big Ben is washed. This offense is one-dimensional, and this defense is not the same with T.J. Watt out. They go from a top-five squad down to a mid-level defense, man. I said earlier that man is worth every cent that they paid him, and this proves exactly why, man. Lack of a pass rush. I mean, you're having your cornerbacks to cover longer without him being back there, man. And, yeah, Rodgers, he's catching fire, man. That comeback, 37 seconds left. How many? How good he looked against the Lions the week before, man. A-Rod's, he's getting hotter and hotter every week, man. I'm going to hammer the Packers as well, man. I think I think they, they have no answer for Devontae and Aaron Jones. You, you can't take out both of them, man. This is just like, this team is becoming kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs in that uh, you have to stop Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and then don't worry about the rest. Well, Green Bay, it's kind of becoming the same thing with um, Devontae Adams and um, Aaron Jones. I mean, those guys are absolutely incredible. Top five in their positions. Might be the best wide receiver and a top three running back on the same team. Bobby Tunyon's coming to life, man. He's looking good. This Packer team's getting better every week, man. Hammer down on the Packers. You are absolutely right on this one. Connor, I'm, I'm sorry. I got to do this. I'm changing my Rams-Cardinals to a hammer on the Rams, and then this is my lock of the week. The, the Steelers don't have a chance in this game. They're going to Lambeau. They just got beat by the Bengals. You can sit here and tell me they're not going to flinch. That team is done. That team has already flinched. They, they're they already going back to the way that they they were. And, nah, this, this is a wrap. This is in Lambeau. This is my lock of the week. Yes, sir. Prime time, Sunday night, the game. Everybody's going to be tuning into. We need an over-under on the Packers-Steelers game. Did I not get to that? 45 and a half. Oh, 45 and a half? The Steelers are going to score fucking 10 points? Probably not. I'm taking the under. I'll fade the under. <laughs> I'm not I'm not touching it, though. <laughs> Me either, Bob. I would take the under for sure. Primetime football, Sunday night. Everybody's going to be tuning into this one, man. If you are a football fan in the least, you have to watch this game, man. Tom Brady, return to Foxborough. I'm still looking to get a ticket. I may be there Sunday night. Who knows, man? I would love to see this go down. We got Tampa Bay traveling to Foxborough. And Vegas has Tom Brady and the Bucks favored by a touchdown over his old head coach, Bill Belichick. Steve, who do you got in this one? This is the ultimate do-not-touch game of the week. And everyone's sitting at home like, oh, Steve's crazy, blah, blah, blah. Dude, there's way too much going on in this game. There's going to be way too many cameras. There's going to be, like, this game's going to be treated like it's a Super Bowl. Nah, I truly truly believe that. This game is going to be treated like 
literally the Super Bowl. And uh, I can't wait for it. If, if you're a football fan and you're not watching this, you're not a football fan, don't fool yourself. Um, I have no idea what to expect, Connor. This, they're both coming off losses. Bill's coming off back-to-back losses. Foxborough's going to be like, they're not going to be booing him, but it's going to be pretty hard to cheer for him. So it's going to be a very interesting environment. I, I wouldn't blame you for going. Tickets are probably going for $500 to get in the nosebleed. But that would be still something that uh, we're never going to see again because this is truly probably the best story um, in the NFL, the way Brady's still doing at 44. Bill hasn't really found it yet. Uh, I heard a pretty cool conspiracy theory I want to get your thoughts on. What if Bill Belichick just told Brady, like, I can't get you anyone better. Like, it's probably time for you to go. You think, like, that's crazy and out of the realm? Because I kind of don't. Yeah, I heard some people talking about that earlier in the week, and I, I don't really know what happened in that whole situation. I think uh, Tom was just sick of playing under Belichick, man, because like a lot of Bill Belichick's ex-players say like it, he's a pain in the ass to play for. He pushes you every single day, man. doesn't matter if it's 75 and sunny or it's negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit and there's 8 inches of snow on the ground, man. Like We're still practicing outside. We're get, doing everything. Cross the T's, dot the I's. Um, but getting to this game, this is my lock of the week, man. I am locking Tom Brady to go into Foxborough and to show everybody because when he left, man, there was that narrative like, was it Brady or was it Belichick? And then we saw Brady win a Super Bowl with the Bucks, and everyone's like, oh, it's Brady. And he's going to come into Foxborough and he's going to prove that that is actually a fact it was brady the goats the greatest quarterback of all time bill belichick riding the coattails of the greatest football player to ever play the game he's gonna go back home where he knows the stadium man the people still love him there as much as you think these patriot fans are hard-nosed guys man they still all love tom brady they still all talk about tom brady you can't forget those good days, man. He's going back home, and he is going to demolish Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. No doubt in my mind. Hammer down. Put the house on it. Tampa Bay minus seven. Plus, the team is way better. I mean, New England is not a very good team. So, uh, Steve, over under 49. You are one bold man, and I, I swear, man, you think... <laughs> Of course he has. Of course he went to Tampa Bay. He has a way better team in Tampa Bay than he had in New England. It gave him a chance to win a Super Bowl hell of a lot quicker than it was going to be in New England. Because uh, who wants to? Would you rather throw to Jacoby Myers and whatever big white end, white big white tight end they've had the last couple of years? And this, dude, he went to he went to Tampa Bay. He got the Ferrari. He got the Porsche. Said, "Come on, Gronk, let's uh, let's party after we win the Super Bowl." He said, "AB, you can live with me. I'll take care of you." Sherman, come through. He's getting anybody he wants. Of course, he went to Tampa Bay. Um, come on, man. Uh, I think it's gonna be tough. I don't think Bill's gonna roll over like that. So that's so bold. But yeah, I would definitely fade the Buccaneers there. Uh, over under. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think I think these teams are going to get into it. I think I think Mac Jones is going to find a little something. I expect him to have a, a bounce back game. I think it's going to be a well game planned, and I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I'm actually going to lean the over. I'm leaning the under, forty nine. It's a bit high. I don't think the Patriots are going to score all too much. I could see this being in the neighborhood of a 
42 to 3 game. Go Bucks. You are one crazy bastard. I'm telling you, he's going to go in there and he's going to embarrass wow. the Patriots. He's, All right. He's going to be like, you know what? You shouldn't have waited until after I left to spend $125 million the first day of free agency. You should have done something like that when I was there. Maybe I would have stayed and maybe I would have got the Patriots another Super Bowl ring. But, nope. All right. Last game of the slates, uh, Monday Night Football. We got the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to LA to play the Chargers, Steve. And Vegas has the Chargers favored by three in this game. Uh, Justin Herbert, 25, plus 2,500 MVP odds two weeks ago on this day. What are they today, Connor? If you had to guess, I have no idea. Half that, maybe? Plus 14, 16? <laughs> Plus 900, baby, moving his way right on up into the top five after a super performance. I feel pretty good about that bet. Four TDs, beat Patrick Mahomes. Now he gets to go on the road to Vegas after Vegas is coming off this hot start. I kind of saw a little shakiness in Vegas, and I saw a pretty good uh, hungry Justin Herbert team. That team's 3-0 if they don't get those two holding calls on Justin Herbert touchdown passes. Uh Connor, I really, really, really like the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to win this division. Call me crazy. I think they are a way more complete team than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are too reliant on only two players on offense, and that defense does not even compare to the Kansas City Chiefs defense um, or that Chargers defense. So. I, I think the Chargers are a much better football team, and I think Justin Herbert is more than capable to do this. And I think they're going to make another huge statement in this division and take over this division lead on Monday Night Football. I am hammering the Chargers three and a half. I actually really don't mind the money line, but absolutely three and a half. I saw some shakiness in that uh, Raiders team, so... As did I last week against the Dolphins, man. But I really think we doubted the Dolphins and Jacoby Brissett and the way that team could do. I know we like the Dolphins this week, both of us, to go um, take care of the Colts. I'm actually going to take the Raiders plus three on a lean here, man. I've been fading the Raiders all year. I really didn't think they were that good of a team. Uh, the way they beat us, and then they go and they beat Pittsburgh, and then that team showed some grit, though, man. Last week, that team showed a lot of grit coming back against the Miami Dolphins to take care of that, man. They got a little sketchy heading overtime. But, I mean, I do like this Chargers team. I just think this is going to be a very close game. I could see this. I could see the Chargers winning by a field goal, so, I mean, this is where you, you get that push. But um, this would be a good game to tease if you think it's going to be a close game like I do. I just like I like Derek Carman. Both these quarterbacks are having like very sneakily good seasons, man. Um, not sure, uh, Steve. Do you know the status of uh, Josh Jacobs? Are the Raiders getting him back this week? Uh, it's gonna be uh, one of those late game tells. I'm not sure it matters the way Peyton Barber's been playing though. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't gave Kenyon Drake a bigger role. I think they will start to this week, man. I mean, you have to start giving Drake a bigger role once once Jacobs went out, man. You're still just using him as your third down back, but he, he's a lot better player than that. Uh, man, I like... But, oh, sorry. But uh, uh, the thing about Kenyon Drake that's interesting, though, is he wasn't really great as the lead back in Arizona, and he was great as a third down back, and I think Oakland wants to replicate that uh, with him in their system. Fair enough, but, uh, I mean, the Raiders, they they have the defense to get after Justin Herbert, man, and, I mean, that's 
that's the only way you can really stop him, man. You can't let Herbert sit back there in the pocket. I mean, Carl Nassib and Max Crosby have been playing out of their minds this year. I really like that Vegas front. And you're giving me three playing the Chargers? I'll take it on a lean. Not 100% sold, but I will take that on a lean. Uh, Steve, over under 53 and a half. Uh, just a little too high for me. I think actually both these defenses are, I think the Raiders defense is better than, uh, people thought for whatever reason, it's been playing pretty solid. Um, although I do like the chargers in this game to cover the three and a half. Uh, I actually think it's going to be on the under on a lean. I have the over written down on a hammer, man. I think both these offenses are clicking, and I think that's going to continue into this game. And I think this is, uh, I think this is a good game to bet the first half over too. I think these both these teams are going to come out swinging, touchdown after touchdown, first couple of quarters. So, uh, give me the fifty-three and a half on an over. I really like that line. I don't have a lot of overs this week, but all the ones I do, I hammered them. So let's go. Let's score some points. Monday Night Football. All right. Life's too short to bet the under. Life's too short to bet the under, baby. All right. And uh, that wraps it up. Our week three predictions. Uh, sorry, week four. Wow. Week four predictions. Already almost quarter way through the year. Jesus. Not um, a quarter just yet, though. Oh, Thanks yeah. Thanks the 17th that's game. Right, that's right. That's right. Yes, sir. 18 weeks. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us, man. We really appreciate each and every one of you to take time out of your day and listen to Lock Ford Dub, the place to be to beat the bookies. Uh, be sure to leave us your comment on who you think your lock of the week is. Be sure to take the line into consideration. And, uh, Steve, anything else you want to say before we head out? Nothing much, man. Thank you all again. Much love to all that do. And uh, stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Lock for Dub podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Lock for Dub, the place to be, beat the bookies.